My name is Joshua, and welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund. Today, we have a very interesting and special guest, Urban Priestess Isabella Braveheart. That is a lot to say, and I'm very interested to know where that name came from, because that is not a normal name, but it is definitely powerful. And when you see what our guest is all about, You'll understand why she has a name like Urban Urban Priestess Isabella Braveheart. What little I know about her is pretty dynamic, pretty powerful. And I got to tell you, I have a ton of respect for anyone who will, is willing to take the journey that she has because she is a deliverer of truth. It may be her truth. It may be universal truth. The fact is this, to her, it's true. And anyone who's willing to fight for what's true to them earns respect immediately with me because it's not an easy thing to do. So many people make the mistake of turning and running from truth or even their own truth. And that never really gets anything done. With all the chaos in the world right now, the one thing that I hope and pray for more than anything is that we see truth. And again, sometimes truth is just really uncomfortable. Our own truth is uncomfortable. But I think the truth that's been hidden from us also, the truth that has kept us from being able to unite as children of God was something that must come out or we're not going to heal. I don't believe that we can really do much without truth. So without rambling on forever about why truth is so important, we're going to get into it with our guest today and discover what truth has done for her. Anyway, I want to give a special shout out to my own website, joshuatberglund.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A-T-B-E-R-G-L-A-N.com. Of course, you probably know that by now from where you're watching because my name's right in front of you. But you can go under pricing and you will see buy one, give one on all services. So anything that I offer that's including the subscription to my broadcast, that's buy one, give one. And why am I doing that? Because it feels good to give. But more importantly, my mission in this world is not to become filthy rich off of sales. That's not what I'm going for here. But I do value the services that I offer. And I genuinely want to get it into the hands of people that need it the most. Look, I know some people have the money to pay for it and others don't. And so what I want to do is encourage giving. And instead of me giving, I want you to be the one that gives. And of course, I'm the one that will be doing the work, but you get to give. So take advantage of that. Buy one, give one. And of course, I'm still a 501c3, so you will get a receipt. And this would be considered a donation too, at least for now. That said, um, I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you to everyone who's watched, the, especially the most recent broadcast. They've been so much fun. My guests have been incredible. So many powerful, interesting, different conversations. And one of the things that I love about having some of these bigger name guests come on is that they get a completely different experience with me because I don't ask the same questions that everyone else does. So I hope that you found enjoyment, even 
frustration, even confusion, even rage or, or enlightenment. It doesn't matter. Any emotion that is brought out of you, sweet. Because if you weren't feeling something watching my broadcast, I'm doing something wrong. And not that I ever set out to offend or hurt anyone, but I do like to deliver my own truth. And I also, because my truth and what's true to me may not be for other people. But that said, standing on truth and what I believe in matters. And having this platform, even hosting my own content, has allowed me to speak freely, honestly, and without fear of censorship. So if you're somebody that would be interested in that, or also even being an in, even be interested in being a guest on one of my broadcasts, feel free to reach out. All are welcome. I don't really discriminate uh, against anyone. I'll give anyone the opportunity to the opportunity to talk and speak their truth because ultimately, it's by listening and learning and understanding different points of view is how we really begin to unite and also how we begin to understand that. We're not all that different. We're really not. And, and with that said, life is way more fun when we can celebrate each other's differences because differences are cool. Be your own person. It's awesome. Anyway, thank you for being here. I am so excited to introduce to you again, urban priestess Isabella Braveheart to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund. Welcome, her, everybody. I'm the only one here. Anyway, thank you for being here. God bless. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I am so excited to introduce to you guys to Isabella. Isabella, who actually goes by urban priestess Isabella Braveheart, who's got the coolest, longest name I've ever heard in my life. And while I don't know how you got the name, I have looked into you enough to go, you know what? That is some kind of Braveheart badass. So I am so honored to have you here. I'm so interested to get inside in, into your story a little bit. And, but really, I'm just honored to have you here. But before we get into the conversation, can you tell us, what are you grateful for today? And First of all, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm My micro grateful is just to be here in this moment, to be sharing and swapping and riffing and creating and being in a space with other creatives who have experienced life and been through life and are here to bring more life to places that are craving life in all of its various forms. So grateful for you for the path that you have, that you have trekked in order to be here. And there's a lot that I'm grateful for in this. I am connected to the human journey and the absolute wild, challenging miracle of the human journey. And I'm grateful that we've chosen it. And that we, in our collective craziness and our collective insanity and our collective beauty, have all chosen, depending on what you believe, to come here and do this thing in these human bodies and do it imperfectly and do it together. And we're all trying to figure it out the best that we can. We're failing forward and we're failing backward and we're making progress. But there's no owner's manual on this thing. There are there's no there's no guidebook. So I'm grateful for the imperfection of the human journey. I'm gonna cry. That is the best gratitude answer I've ever received. I think I'm up to 600 broadcasts now in the last oh. three or so years, and that's my favorite one. And I don't mm -hmm. know. Maybe it's because in the moment I was sitting here. I kid you not. I was praying before this broadcast and 
I never know what I'm going to talk about ever. And I had some ideas because of, I looked into kind of what you're doing and the stands that you take and just really how brave you are. And I thought that was going to go a direction. But my prayer as a creative, as somebody that myself, you decided to go down this path and it's the scary path. It's the one that there's seems to be you have a promise in your heart, but no visual evidence, really, that promise will ever come true. You get little sprinkles of hope, little reminders, hey, you are on the right track. And sometimes that can feel like not a psyop, maybe that's the wrong word, but maybe a tease. It's like the universe or God is teasing you because you get a little blessing along the way. But for all the effort, the work, the hustle, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the frustration, the anger, the confusion, the sadness, even the depression sometimes that comes from the journey, it's hard, it's not easy, and it's not for everybody. While everyone I believe is meant to do the extraordinary, not everybody's willing to really do what it takes to get there. And so my, when as I was praying, I was literally going, show me something because I feel deflated right now. Like all of my energy, because I go at it as hard as I can. When I'm working, I give it all, everything I have. And this trust, sometimes it doesn't come easy. And so literally pray, will you just give me something to remind me that I'm not crazy and I'm not delusional and that I'm supposed to be doing all this. So sure enough, your gratitude was that answer. I uh, really appreciate what you just said. And similarly, I can feel tears coming behind my eyes. It's not for the faint of heart, this thing. And you know, what I was present to in your share was that life is challenging. Life is hard. As we know, you've been through a couple things in your life. You've had a taste and I imagine that those who watch your show have had a taste of the grit of human being. And that's freaking hard <laughs> and enough as it is. And that isn't, we could argue that's non-consensually hard. We show up blindly. Why is this happening to me? My life is this. What I hear and what you're sharing is the choosing in of the challenge. When we're past the unconscious, life is happening to me, at me, I'm not at choice, I'm the victim of it, versus past awakening, past miracle, past whatever you want to call it, however you refer to your journey. A miracle. Then there's a conscious choosing in. Okay, I'm actually signing up for the boot camp. I'm signing up for the PhD. I'm signing up to actually transmute this pain into purpose, into power. And that's also challenging, but we know the reward. Even when, like you said, sometimes it's just a taste. And I really am with you on the trusting, even when we don't have the evidence in front of us and how challenging that can be. It's like life is, I don't want to say life is hard because I don't believe that has to be the truth, but life shows us that it can be hard. And it's either going to be hard, not in consciousness, or it's going to be hard and, okay, I chose this thing. I said yes to it. I see something larger than myself. And I'm going to keep leaning into that and leaning into that and leaning into that. Or I can just lean into the shitty pain of not having a purpose. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have to remind myself to look back every once in a while, just for a little bit, to go, look what you've come from. Yeah. And it's been, and at the same time, I'm very impatient. So it's this wrestling match with, is this seven-year journey enough? Like it's been, I've noticed in my life, and maybe you can speak on this, and I don't, because I have nothing to back this up with, but it seems like I'm presented with the same opportunity in a different form every seven years. And in the last 
previous cycles, I've sabotaged that moment of here's your breakthrough, here's your moment to shine or whatever it may be. And because I have the aspirations that I have with being a world, <laughs> I want to, my goal in life, I got a few, but one of my goals is to have a, my own version of the Tonight Show, but I want to travel all over the world and do it in different cities. But I want to do it in two-week increments, meaning we'll go to that country, we'll serve for two weeks, we'll work in the community, teach media literacy, all the things that I'm passionate about teaching people because I know what media can do, especially if you're somebody like me that's got a, an ugly record that can't get a normal job. Media has allowed me to make my dreams come true. It's been the vehicle for everything that I get to do, which is a huge blessing. Yeah. But I have my own version of that. And I and that that's like burning in my heart to do my own version of the Tonight Show, traveling and serving. Like I want to reshape Hollywood. I want to transform it because for all the people that I saw in my time there, I saw a lot of people get screwed over. A lot of people that were pressured. They didn't have to do it, but they were pressured to compromise their values and the things that mattered for them to have a taste of success. I want to wipe all of that out. Like I want it with all my heart to wipe that out so people can have an opportunity just to step into their gifts naturally and express that. And I believe you can do that with media. So I have this big ambitious goal, yet at the same time, everything I can see with my face is, but I have to remind myself, I've been, I was created, we were created to get through every one of those obstacles and become bigger than every one of them. Yeah, I look at it like, what else are we going to do? Five Die. years is going to five years is going to pass. Do I want to be five years closer to the things that I that make me happy and closer to the dreams that I have, or do I want five years to pass with all the reasons why it was hard? Yeah. And sometimes I don't know that makes it any easier in the moment. But one of the things that I hear you saying is and share the dream of transforming media in many ways, because as we know, media has the power to destroy and it has the power to create. And yes. We get to transform it into in a, into a creation, into a creation for all. And this aspect and so much of what my work is based around is my own and supporting others to be in their truest, most authentic self-expression and how that is the key to, in my world, the success that you want to have. Who doesn't want to get paid for being radically and authentically you? And the more you are, the more you get paid. The more you are, the more intimate and dynamic your relationships become. The more you are, the more beautiful community you create. And that's what I have found over my journey is that, and it is challenging, boy, because we have so much attached to, if I'm really myself, that means I'm going to lose love. I'm going to lose connection or the potential. I will lose popularity. I'll lose employment. All the things that we are fearful of. And at the same time, want nothing more than to be fully seen, fully heard, fully loved and accepted for exactly who we are. And that journey of meeting that edge a little bit more and a little bit more over and over and over again, so that we begin to know ourselves as someone who, and you have this through this show, and I imagine many other endeavors that you have played with, is seeing that when I try to be something, when I try to sound a certain way, or when I try, which guilty, I am not sure. perfect, any of these things, but the more, and I do have evidence, actually lots of evidence to show that the more I try to turn things a little to sound a certain way, or I think it should look this way, or I think I should look this way or teach this or the worse it gets. 
And the more I stand behind what is actually moving and pulsing through me in any time, the more the outsides reflect, yes. And there's, there's, uh, I kind of dabble in and off with feeling like, do I want to go into a political world? Do I not? I'm not sure. Maybe this, that, this, that. I share a very colorful past. And (laughs) (laughs) it's probably the thing you and I did many, many years ago. What's that? I said, I had a feeling, but I wasn't going to judge for obvious reasons, but. Yeah, I like color. I like color. (laughs) Me too, Uh, even though I wear black. As do I. But looking at, could I be the kind of person who, whose past, whose life could actually be streamed on live stream television? Could they find the snippets and the clips? And who knows what all's out there on me. Luckily, I'm a little bit pre-technology, so some things will forever stay unknown. There's a beauty in coming to such radical integrity in the places that we've been and the places that we haven't, that no matter what gets shared about oneself, that I can actually be okay with that. Mm. And that's part of this conversation around radical truth and truth telling and what for your listeners i feel is so important that we as a community and we as a culture and we as a society begin to actually create new value systems about what does it mean to be radically transparent and yes there are consequences that sometimes come with that for sure but are we willing to show up for that are we willing to say yes i'm so committed to truth i'm so committed to standing in the impact of who i've been and who i haven't and you know this well i imagine as someone who has been down I think the road of substance and there's some cleaning up to do. And can we create a culture where we stand for each other's cleaning, where we say, yes, I'm here to receive anything you need to clean up and I'll actually help you sweep your side of the street. I, for me, so I had a, how do I want to address this? Cause I never want, I don't want to be offensive on purpose. I'm offensive naturally, but I can offend. I don't say any of this to offend anyone that shares the Christian faith. I went down that road. That's how I started the process of healing while six time in jail, facing five years in prison. And I had a supernatural experience and I don't, I still can't explain it to save my life, except that I believe it was the Holy Spirit and it changed my life and at least gave me what I needed to make, to actually mean it when I said, I'm going to do the work, everything it takes to turn my life around. Because I realized that sixth time in jail, that didn't learn the five other times, I learned the sixth time, that I'd wasted every opportunity that I was blessed to have. I grew up in an upper middle class home. I had success, but that didn't keep trauma from happening. That didn't keep me from being molested by guys and girls. It didn't keep me from being physically abused. It didn't keep any of that from happening. But yet, because I learned, kept secrets and lied, which I ultimately think is my greatest sin, was the chronic lying. I got sick. I lost so much. I didn't know. I didn't know anything because I had lied so much. But when I made that time and I turned my life around, I can't even talk today. I'm struggling with this. But when I turned my life around and I committed to that work, one of the things that I, that, that came to me after a relapse, I was about two years into my walk. I had a really bad relapse. And in that relapse, I was on my, it was like a month long, but this four day, the fourth day into this bender on meth and sex with God knows who and how many people, I felt God come to me and say to me, I'm not done with you yet. This is going to suck, but I'm not done with you yet. I want you to put a spotlight on your shadow work. 
And I want you to show people the supernatural power of truth. And it went on and on. The stories in the, the book that we wrote. But my point was this, is after I got comfortable with just sharing the truth, because I was hiding the fact that I, why I'd been in jail two, two of the six times that I'd been there, I hid that. I was hiding that I had HIV. I was hiding just how far my chemsex addiction was and how dark it got. But when I felt that in my spirit that I had no other option but to tell the truth, what I learned was that it was the most empowering experience of my life. Yes, I had people turn their back on me. Yes, I had people want nothing to do with me. But ultimately, I knew the people that were in my life were there because of me, because they knew the truth. Now, where I brought up the not wanting to offend Christians, and that's probably where I started to stumble, it was that I would go into the church and I would volunteer and I'd want to serve and I would get, I just want to help. That's all I want to do. Like I abandoned working. I abandoned everything that I knew because I was going to serve God. I was going to serve his people. But everywhere I went in the church that I was able to give my testimony, I was rejected. I had their people turn their back on me, people that would no longer welcome me into their arms. And I thought the whole point of Christianity was truth. That's what I understood about it. Now, fortunately, I graduated out of that and grew out of religion completely. And in that space, I have found that, you know what? I don't even care what other people think anymore. I've gotten to this place with truth. And I recognize that it not only is it a superpower, it's the one place that I know my identity. And in my identity, I can't be stopped. And at the absolute least, at least I'm not scared of what people say. I'm not scared of someone going, hey, I have naked pictures of you. or I saw a video of you shooting up. And I don't fear that. anymore. And I'm grateful for that because truth has become this ultimate superpower. For you and your journey, <clears throat> truth, what was it for you that said, I'm just going to go balls to the wall with truth because you are very fearless when it comes to that. Well, a little both and. I may appear fearless to the common folk, but the truth is that I actually still have quite a bit of fear and I have to meet my courage over and over again. And that's it's an ongoing thing. And what was once fearful or fear inducing is no longer. Now there's something else that's fear inducing. It's the more we, the higher up we climb the ladder of, consciousness and truth, the new there are new things to get scared about. So I also want to be very real about that, that I, I'm not just immune to fear. I'm not immune. I still care what people think about me. Absolutely. I just don't let it stop me in the way that I have in the past. And I still, you know, I want to be liked. I want to be popular. I want all the things that every human being wants all the time. I just don't craft who I am and what I say and what I offer around it. Now, is that a thousand percent true? I don't know, but that's the journey. And I can't say that there was a defining moment. However, I will say that I came from being one of the most shut down, your quintessential toxic feminine. I lied similarly to you, but maybe not in that extreme about everything. I really did. And truth and reality got and not got very blurry. I was really so ashamed. And what I hear in your share as well is, you know, we really are a culture and a society of shame. And it is challenging to be truthful in a society of shame. And so we really, I think it's our work to do our own shame release 
and be a permissionary for others to release shame so that truth actually can be received and held and felt and loved in a way that creates more connection and not more separation. And that's not something else that I just want to mention is that when I talk about truth telling, I'm not talking about and transparency. I'm not talking about having the veil lifted on my thoughts and that I just share anything all the time, no matter what it is. And this is my truth. And it doesn't, no, I, there's, there is an art to this. There's an art to truth telling there is attunement. There are things that we take into consideration. And one of those things for me is does truth telling, is it in service of separation or is it in service of connection? And if, in, if it's in service of connection, then I will risk separation. I will risk it. If wow. it's in service of my own integrity and alignment with myself, then I will risk separation. But I don't just truth tell because I can do that and I'm the truth. No, that's not it. it. Really is, there's a reason, there's a purpose behind it because I, tr I believe that ultimately truth does create more connection. And if there's something that we need in the world right now, it's more connection and not more separation. That said, it's been a really long journey. I had to taste truth, to play with truth, to, yeah, to really feel, ooh, that was scary. I don't know. That oh, wow, that didn't land. That I feel scared, abandoned, let down, shamed, judged, whatever. Oh, wait a minute. And the more I played with it, the more I played with it, the more I saw that the more I opened, the more people in front of me opened, the more connection was created, the more connection was created, the more connection was created. And the more joy there is in just being ourselves. It's actually so beautiful. And we really don't have that. We think we do, but if we really look, are you really comfortable saying how you feel in scary, intimate moments? Are you really comfortable with levels of vulnerability? And I'm not, I don't mean just you, but to those oh, yeah. who are like real inventory, am I actually comfortable letting myself be seen? Or calling out, there's so many very there's so many variations of truth, but I went off on a little bit of a tangent there. No, and it's okay. That and that that's welcome here. That's kind of part of the conversation, is that that happens sometimes, and especially sometimes to even gather your thoughts, because I will ramble just to figure out where the hell I was at. That said, I love what you're saying about truth because I went through this phase of I'm just gonna throw the truth in your face and I'm going to stand it, but stand on that. And it didn't matter what it was. I would take these hard stances that were, that may have felt like truth, but in the end, it was just me shoving my opinion yeah. based off of something I had learned or something that in my faith felt was right or whatever it may be, but it was really just somebody else's opinion that got passed down that was then given to me. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that sounds good. I'm going to stand on that instead of really getting inside with, is this right for me? Is this what I really believe? And I had a lot of those hard challenges and questions and figuring that out because some of the truths that I was supposed to stand on actually contradicted with who I was and who I knew I was in my heart. And I had to break out of that too. And that was the religion part that I had to snap out of. And then with that, I learned that a lot of these things that I thought were true really were just opinion. There wasn't an absolute truth to it at all. And with that also came this understanding that good and evil looked a lot different than what I thought before. 
In other words, those lines have been blurred, good and bad, evil, good, whatever it may be. Some of this stuff is based off of perception and just lack of understanding. And it actually has nothing to do with truth at all. And that is my journey now is finding absolute truths and keeping my mouth shut when it's not. I can share what's on my heart. I can share an opinion, but I'm really trying to avoid delivering it as if it's true, unless if I know it's an absolute truth. Truth is such a truth. Truth is such a subjective word. It, it is. really is. And there's a couple of things about what you said. One is that the other side of truth telling, which is equally important, is truth receiving. Ooh. And I'm not interested in just being a self-masturbatory, I'm just going to spew my truth every... <laughs> That's not the whole picture. How able am I? How capable am I to receive your truth when it differs from mine? And can I be open to a different perspective? Can I be open to holding you and honoring you and your truth, even if I can't find agreement? And so... This is part of the art of truth telling and truth receiving is what happens when we have two really different truths. And in the world we live in, we have a lot of really different truths. And so how do we be with those differences and still do life together? And that's something that we I don't yet have the answer for. I'm on the ground daily in on the field in the laboratory with this one and i've seen some progress in how to work with this but ultimately there's still when truths become absolutes we're in danger and that's what you were speaking to is and we see this a lot in religion religion is probably the biggest place where we see truths becoming absolutes when i talk about truth i talk about my experience i'm not talking about a belief and a belief is different a truth is my experience in the world. And that isn't absolute. Your experience is not mine. And so my truth is not necessarily your truth. But can I be truthful about what's happening for me? Can I be truthful about what I see? If I, if there's something that I'm like, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the truth teller and call yeah. this thing out. But there's a humility in truth telling. There really is a deep humility in, can I sit with the discomfort that your truth brings up in me and not hate you for it <laughs> and not judge you for it and not create separation? And that's that's one that I, I need to practice that one every day because there are plenty of opportunities in the world to receive truths that literally great at my system. Yeah, and that's and it's so wise. And like, I've tried to... I don't like agendas so much. If there's, if it's a well-financed agenda trying to push something down our throats, like I, I have issue with that. But as far as people that are just walking out their truth on their own, trying to figure out who they are, their identity, is this true for me? Is it not? Okay. Like I respect that process a lot. I don't respect the masses all gravitating one direction because I don't believe that in the end, all of those people can actually really, really agree. They're just following the herd. I don't respect sheepism, but I do respect people standing in their truth and trying to discover what's right for them because that process of discovering our identity can be one of the most challenging tests that we have in our life because 
when we're we grow up, we're told to be a certain way, like our parents. And I'm not, I can't speak for you, and I'm not going to speak for everyone out there, but for the most part, our parents have been given this role of their job is to raise us and help us make sure that we're safe and they provide and keep a roof over our head and feed us and so on. But the other part that typically happens with that is they start installing their beliefs in the children. They start saying, this is what you're going to be. I, you're going to go to medical school and be a doctor, but inside you're going, want to be a talk show host. What do you mean a doctor? Or would it be sales? And, and that part happens. And so with that, and that's just a weak, it's a weak example, but that's where it really starts where we do lose sight of our identity when we start doing things that maybe we don't feel right about, but because our authority above us, our parents, grandparents, whoever it may be, is ushering that way and saying, this is what you should do. And that 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 in itself can cause a lot of issues growing up. So I have a lot of respect, again, for the, that path of finding your truth. What, in your opinion, what, what, for people that don't know their purpose and they don't really know what they're supposed to be or what they're supposed to do, in your opinion, what's the right way to go about taking that first step towards discovering your purpose and what it is that you were created to do? Yeah. It's such a beautiful question. And I actually feel even like a little bit of emotion when you ask that, because I just empathize so much with the not knowing and the pain that brings it's, and to not understand that one has a value or what that value might be like. I'll first answer that by saying, I don't know what the magic answer is to that, but I can share my experience and, and the experience of my clients and what I see time and time again in my own journey has been to just do more of what I already love. What, where, what am I already doing? What brings me joy? Where am I inspired? And the other really big piece of this, and a lot of people do not have this, and I really get that too, is to, and it's not like there's just a decision that this happens overnight. This is all part of the journey of truth-telling and what I support people in is to find communities and friends that reflect your greatness and reflect your gifts and reflect your talents and reflect your beauty and your power, because it's hard enough oftentimes to own our worth, but to not have that reflected ever from anyone. And oftentimes it's the opposite that's reflected. What people don't like is really challenging. And I will say that I knew sort of it. I didn't know for a long time, actually, what my purpose was. But once I started seeing the impact of my work, the impact of my art, the impact of my shows, I kind of like, all right, the evidence is reflecting something. But I really needed the people in my life to, to tell me, Isabella, we're not, we're not standing for you to not do the thing because you're full of shit and you need to do the thing. Yeah. And not everybody's going to have communities like that. But we really need people in our lives who see and celebrate and honor our gifts. And if you don't have that and you're watching this or you're listening to this, with all my heart, let's have a conversation about how do we create a life where that is 
one of the main one of the main factors because we are living things and just like plants they need nutrients to survive and thrive they need water and sunshine and fertile soil and we're the exact same way if we don't have fertile soil in our thoughts in our environment and our environment is our are our nutrients our environment and our people and our workplace are the things that either have us grow or have us die and wilt we need to plant ourselves in fertile soil and I know that's not an overnight thing, but if you know you're not in fertile soil, then let's get in a conversation around how to get there because it literally is the difference between life and death internally and emotionally. Nailed it. I see the, the thing for me, I always knew, but I didn't realize I knew. I didn't realize that the dreams and visions that I kept getting were part of what I was supposed to do. I didn't, in fact, what the more clear the visions my very first vision came after being molested but then after every traumatic event i would get this vision and then they would come in other forms as i got older and i didn't understand what it was until much later but what i realized that was god the universe showing me what was possible for my life if i just chose that path but i chose the exact opposite and just ran from it I was scared of the responsibility, scared of the rejection, scared of, I was already getting made fun of and teased, but like scared of that even more. I'll never do that. And then I had the voices of my, my dad in my head about what I needed to do with my life. And none of that was what I really wanted to do. That's why I was talking about identity earlier is because that was my life. Like I had these things that I wanted to do. And then you brought up friends and the, the community around you. Ironically, I had the people around me would ask me, if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? I had the same answer of what I'm doing now, but I didn't think it was possible. I would say, I'm not gonna go to broadcasting school. I make way too much money doing this and I wouldn't, I can't do that. And I'll never be Howard Stern. I'll never be any of those people. And, but that's what I would tell myself. But in my heart, it's what I wanted to do. I didn't know that's what I was supposed to do. That's what I got to do. And so I, I asked that question the way you did because when I've shared that with other people don't have that experience where they, have the dreams and visions, or the, at least that they don't think so. Yeah. So yeah. I was really curious about your answer because what you said is spot on. I think we all find it in a different way. Some people, they always know. We do. And okay, so let me just get my train of thought back. I was, I'm like, Isabel, you can do this. Just focus. So the, oh, the thing with purpose is, yeah, yeah it's such a big one. So this is part of what I do with people is, when you don't know, we play. And I think of it as a buffet. You go to this buffet and you just put a little bit of everything on your plate and learn, wow, I did no idea I liked escargot. Amazing. Now I'm an escargot connoisseur. Or you know what? I'm done with pizza. Pizza is no longer my thing. And in the world of self-expression, and I am a self-expressionist, and that's what I support people to do is come into full self-expression in all the different areas of life, is to play with what does it look like to be radically self-expressed in a number of ways. And just about every time I play in this space, we find something because something's there. It's not, I have yet to meet a human that didn't have a gift or didn't have a purpose whether that was uncovered or not is another story. But when we get on the playground and we start playing, ooh, I actually didn't even realize I'm really talented at holding space for others to work through their trauma. I didn't know that because I've never done it. 
And I think that's a part of our schooling is so limited in what people have the ex the experience to experience, the opportunity to experience, which is what we're taught in school. And we don't have the opportunities to be in other expressions, to try on these other expressions that aren't taught and aren't haven't been valued, are being are becoming more valued now. But there are some who are designed to, like I said, help people work through their shit. There are others who are designed to be massage therapists. How do we know this unless we actually try it? So there are some people like you who you just knew, you saw, it's clear, I know what it is. And for, I think, many or more, it really is about getting on the court and getting in the sandbox and playing with a lot of different toys and eating a lot of different foods at the buffet. And then maybe you realize, oh, wow, they aren't even mixing these two foods and I'm going to mix these two foods together and create something that's never existed before. And that's what I did, not intentionally, but I, I haven't yet met anyone who does exactly what I do. And I didn't do it intentionally. I just started doing me and then me morphed into this kind of woven thing around healing arts, expression, performance art, coaching, and the like. But there was no one who I followed. There's no one who I saw. That There's a bit, some exceptions to that, people that informed what I do. But it really was a very organic, emergent process. And there's no way to know that until you get on the court and try and start playing. Why don't you tell the audience really quick, because I only went over it just a little bit, tell everybody exactly what it is that you do, because I don't want to give it the wrong title. It's definitely art, but there's more to it than that. Do you care to explain? Yeah, thank you for asking. So I am in a couple of different silos, I would call them. One is I'm a performance artist and I write and direct my own performance art. I have a couple of plays, a one woman show, and I had no idea that was mine to do until I wrote my first monologue and that I, my, all of my art is about my life. It's about mostly my pain and transforming pain into power and light. And, uh, and I had no idea that lived inside of me, none until I got this random invitation to write a monologue that I was terrified to write because I didn't think of myself as a writer. And my mom actually, whom you've had on your show, she's the writer in the family. And, and she was invited to write this monologue years ago. And it ended up being something that we did together. And all of a sudden, who knew? I'm a monologuist and a performance. I, I didn't know. And so I built, my career started out of that. And that then emer emerged into me taking other people through a process of creating performance out, out of their stories. And so I have a whole program called Naked Truth where we take your story, we turn it into art, and then we have a show at the end. We just did it a couple of weeks ago. Everybody performed their monologue and people write about some really dark, intense things. And through this process, it's actually a healing process. What I found for myself was that I learned more about my journey and understanding who I was and why I was this way in writing my own show than I did in years of therapy and other types of healing. So I really found this healing modality that I didn't know existed before. And I found it very unintentionally. And that led to self-expression, which is another program that I lead called Express, which is a nine-month program around self-expression. And we really play with all forms of expression, emotional, sexual, 
purpose-driven, creative expression. Every month we have a different topic and we dive deep into bold self-expression and truth-telling in that topic to where truth-telling and expression become a way of life. It's not just like a thing that you take. It's really, we integrate it in daily life. And then I do some other work with successful high-performing men, expanding levels of pleasure, power, and purpose in their intimate and professional lives. So those are the different ways that I play. The essence of what I do is self-expression and finding new levels of power, confidence through truth-telling and self-expression. And sometimes that's purpose. And sometimes that is just coming into deeper levels of intimacy and connection with relationships that are actually fulfilling and that matter because we are aligning to our truth. Yeah, it's like a new way of dancing with your shadow. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. Like, I love it. And not to... I can relate to what you're doing in a way because I found that one of my original talk show that I was doing was called Gratitude Unfiltered. It was my therapy session. I just got up there. I told you about how God put, told me to put a spotlight on my shadow world. That became the place that I did it where I was talking about my struggles with DID, multiple personality disorder, disassociative identity disorder, talking about my struggles with just my this overwhelming desires for drugs and sex as a chem sex addict and like how my struggle to stay on the path. Like I shared all of this so openly, but what I found through that truth and as ugly as it was and sloppy and it wasn't pretty and it, it wasn't even all true. It was just what I was feeling. And by expressing that openly in front of people, thousands of people, it, it set me free. And it helped me get more comfortable with the truth, more comfortable with myself, and more comfortable being honest about where I was at in that moment. And with that became, I don't have to hide anymore. And then yeah. that I found freedom and that I was able to heal from DID. And mind you, it took, it's taken seven years, but well, seven years of effort, but I've been able to heal from it. And it's all because of what you're talking about. But I would imagine the way that it, yours is focused, I didn't know what I was doing. Having a teacher like yourself to walk people through that, especially the sex part with yeah. men who yeah. lie about what they want because they're terrified to go, I'm not going to use all the examples that would come to my head because yeah, that would be a little rough. But like that alone, like what you're teaching people to do, because if a guy can be honest about what they want in all things of life, especially the sex part, they don't really end up cheating. They don't. And I will say lie. this too, Joshua, is that it's really easy for us to, this is a slightly different direction, but I think it's important. It's really easy for us to have the toxic guy archetype, the the liars and the this and the that, and they yeah, exist. They exist. And when, and this goes for anyone, man, woman, or however you identify, it's very easy to attract people who aren't truthful and challenging and upsetting experiences. And through the art of radical self-expression and truth-telling, I feel like there's lots of definitions for this, but I, over the course of this podcast, hopefully your listeners are understanding how I'm using these terms. Women specifically, because you're talking about men who lie, women specifically, when you attune when i attune because i was one of those women 
who was attracting the cheaters and the stealers. I was a cheater and I was all the things. We all danced together in this muck. There's no innocent ones here. Occasionally there are, but where all of our wounds come into play. And once I really understood myself and my own truth and I was attuning to those in front of me, I'm, I don't have people in my life that do that anymore. I don't have, I'm not a, like, I see all the signs miles before. And that's a big piece is that women are not just victims of shitty men. We're not, many women aren't listening to themselves or the men in front of them. And so part of that truth again is, am I listening to my own truth? Am I listening to the truth that's coming out before me? And am I willing to live in the discomfort of saying no to this relationship or this potential relationship, even though it seems yummy and I'll feel good and I like, am I willing to be in the discomfort of saying no to this? And this applies for jobs, this applies for all friendships, everything. In order to be a devotee of my own truth. And my own truth is that I don't want these kinds of relationships in my life. And so does it mean that I turn down that job? I say no to the relationship. I don't talk to my mother for five years if that's not working or I do or whatever the thing is because I am a devotee to my own truth. And so I'm willing to burn in the fire of listening to the signs and the flags that don't give me immediate gratification Ooh. to hold out for the true nutrients and the true, yeah. That's wise. That's wise. I, I admire your wisdom a lot because it's not easy to get, gain this. Like where you're at in life and the things that you're speaking about, it takes a journey to get there. I see why you're an amazing coach or whatever title that you give yourself that you're when you're working with people. I can see it because there's, again, my journey, I didn't have anyone help me. And so I, there was a lot of bank running into walls and breaking things. It was ugly, my process. But I got there and I have more work to do, but listening to you talk, it, it's just a reminder that one, doing the work is, it's definitely worth it. But even more than that, it's just, it's encouraging because there's even deeper levels that I get to go. And anyone out there that's in their process of doing the work to become all that they were created to be, I hope that this is encouraging for you as well, because what you're speaking is super inspiring to me. Because it just makes me want to find another obstacle to face. Because I know that I was created to overcome it. I want to keep. I love it, Josh. And I, the way I relate to it is, and I'm not always this way. Sometimes I'm being a man. I don't want to have to grow. And I, and I, but when I'm not, and I'm being my courageous self, I, it is okay. What's next? What you got? How much more expansive do I get to be? What's the next layer I get to grow into? And not everybody's down for this game. I'll tell you, not everybody's not. Not everybody is, and that's okay. But for those of us that are, it's a fun journey. It is a fun journey to become more than I ever knew myself capable of being over and over again. Cool. What I want to talk to you about the performance art because I... That is some spoken word for me is a performance art that I love to do. I've had the opportunity to do a true form of it and then my own hybrid version of it. And I love it, but I really want, I've been preparing something new to do, but it, it's very much like spoken word. It's still like that. It's just another form that I want to create. 
for you and your spoken word because it's it looks very physical it looks exhausting it looks extremely vulnerable and empowering for you in that process and you've done it a few times i would imagine what's the one thing each time that kind of creeps up that you have to shoo away is it doubt is it insecurity what is it there's not one thing there are many things oh many that i have to quiet quiet i'm busy <laughs> quiet absolutely self-doubt i'm too much i'm too graphic people don't want to know this shit this is too dirty it's too dark i'm too dark no one wants to i'm disgusting people aren't gonna be able to handle this it's oh. too intense i make people uncomfortable those are the big ones at this point i think part of the other thing is once you do whatever the thing is enough times you grow trust. I've mm. grown trust and I've grown trust in my art and I've grown trust in my transmissions. And so that the trust is a little louder now than the doubt and the fear, but it wasn't for a very long time. And I, I would wake up the next morning with these horrible vulnerability hangovers and thinking that I had just ruined my life. And it's not the case. It's just these, like the, we've all got the thing and you just say, thanks. And, but <laughs> The I had this experience once, the last play I wrote called Body, which was a very intense play about how the sort of the death of feminine leadership and wisdom manifests in obsession with body image and eating disorders and our physical appearance. And this was a week before the show. I had gathered like bootstrap in it. I gather my best friends to, I, I cast them as the, in the cast and I'm a procrastinator. So I write the show up until the very last moment. Don't tell anyone. And it's a week before the show and I introduced this new scene and one of the women had brought a guest that night, a, a potential guest musical artist. And she texts me later in the evening and says, don't put that scene in the show. I highly suggest that you second, that you reconsider putting that scene in the show. And I knew it was because of the guest that came in. And I'm telling you, this scene was intense, really intense. And Joshua, I had so much shame come up and so much fear. And I'm a horrible person. I shouldn't have written this. And, and I pulled a card. I don't know if you work with Oracle cards or decks, but I pulled this card and I knew the scene needed to be in the show. I knew it, but I was just so scared and all the shame was so loud. And I pulled a card and the card showed me what I already knew, which was that you are the ultimate authority. You mm -hmm. are the ultimate authority on your decisions on what's best for you and your own life. Something like that. I don't know what it was, but, but I knew that was true. And this is where the pushing the edge of truth telling comes in. I had to risk it and I had to risk, okay, maybe it's too much and I'm going to find out. But I know in my heart of hearts, I had also channeled that scene and I had prayed and I had downloaded and I had opened and I had asked to receive the scene and the scene came through. And, and you, like you shared, you prayed before this podcast. And that's another thing that I suggest if you're if religious, not religious, whatever, just ask for help from someone, something out there, whatever, just because we don't have all the answers. So take it from wherever you can get it. Let's ask for support from wherever we can get it. But you know, that the scene made the show and it was a phenomenal, extraordinary experience. And had I listened to the naysayers and the doubters, that show would have tanked. 
And we just take the risks and we trust and we do it when we're shaking in our shoes because we're fucking terrified. Yeah, I still, I, my truth is becoming more uncomfortable. There's a, the gospel of Thomas is a book that was taken out of the Bible, but that is part of one of the things that I read to make me start really asking some really hard questions. But one of the things that it says in the gospel of Thomas is once you discover the truth, you're going to be disturbed and then set free. And I'm at this place of being disturbed because as I learn more truths, even my own truths, I become extremely uncomfortable because there's a group of people in my life that helped me and nurtured me and insulated me and protected me as I was going through my healing journey, except for that I got out of it. Like I got out of that bubble because I didn't belong in that bubble. That's not where I was supposed to go. And God was the one that was showing me the things that made me ask the questions that helped me separate from all of that. But that said, I still struggle greatly with the fact that Christianity, even though I didn't call myself a Christian, but when I broke out of that faith, I'm still very uncomfortable for the people that are still there because they were a part of my life. And I struggle with, some of them look at me like I've fallen off or I've rejected God, which is not true. I just believe that Christ is inside of me, and so is God. Like I, don't, I believe I get to co-create with God. I believe the Garden of Eden is my brain. So I have those beliefs. The Bible is a metaphysical book. That's how I see it now. Yet I have all of these people that helped me, that looked out for me, that cared for me, that I feel a sense of indebtedness to. But yet I almost feel like I've betrayed them, even though I didn't. I feel that way sometimes, and it really struggles. Like why I was struggling to communicate at the very beginning is because I still have a hard time speaking out against religious, I can't even say the word, but religion itself. Because I look at it now, my real thoughts on it is it's meant to confuse us. It's meant to keep us from truth. It's meant to keep us from being our greatest selves. And I understand how it can help people but I also see now that it holds you prisoner and all those contradictions just keep people fighting over what's true to them and what's not because it's an opinion. And that's where I stand on that. And I haven't really been able to say that comfortably because it's still uncomfortable for me mm -hmm. to say. That is the truth for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so and I feel like it's, you found this thing, you outgrew it, you found a deeper truth and you get to hold your current experience and you get to play with holding theirs as a different truth that you may never see eye to eye on and can, this is, this is where I like to play with myself with, with other truths. And man, is it hard sometimes, but can I, and I know that I've succeeded, that I've made it when I don't get activated or triggered by the other person's truth. And if I'm still getting hooked, then I know, okay, Isabella, you still got work to do. You still got work to do. And the more intimate that truth has impacted us, the more challenging it is to not get activated and triggered by it That's because true. there's, it's tight. It's really tight. But I feel like people like yourselves who have been in this experience and have something new to say and to offer are, there's a lot of people looking for you. There's a lot of people looking to hear what you have to say that are looking for their way out, that are looking for their new truth. And so I feel like you get to be a beacon of this new paradigm as it relates to religion without making it about them. You're creating something new. And so why spend time on that old thing 
when you're actually wanting to spend your time generating newness. That And that that's true too. That's actually very profound. Oh my gosh, that's great. But it's been like this with everything. There's been a lot of truths for me to walk out. Even I remember sending a message to my mom saying, okay, so here's the thing. My, my faith has changed a lot, but then also that I am very comfortable being bisexual. I'm not acting on it. I'm not swinging. I'm not sleeping around. I'm happily married, but this is who I am. And I'm going to talk about it openly. I need to talk about it openly. And the reason why is even though like I could keep it quiet, I could keep it to myself, but the truth is this. I know there's a lot of people, especially boy, men, that were molested by other guys that struggle and they're afraid to talk to someone about it. So that keeping it secret, that could trigger them cheating, going to try to find someone that they think that they can be honest with, like hookers, because I found a lot of comfort with hookers. They became my best friends because that's the only place I felt safe to tell the truth, which Honestly, it should be the church that I should be comfortable to share the truth. And like, hey, and you're supposed to love me, but that didn't happen. I got rejected. So I now feel very comfortable saying this. And here's what's so crazy about it. The more comfortable I got saying, yes, I'm bisexual, the more I realized that I don't need to go act on it. Like now I can just be. For the first time in my life, I'm like that. I've never been there ever because it was always this struggle, yo-yo, what you resist persists. And it was definitely persisting. And it was like awakening a monster inside of me. And now that I can just comfortably say it with not fear of judgment, because I don't care what you think, or I don't mean that disrespectfully, but I don't. But now that power that it had on me, that was driving me to want to sneak around or do any of the other things, it's gone. Can you I'm curious, have you ever had your wife on the show and had this conversation with her? I think that would be an amazing oh, we're, podcast. Like, we're very open and honest. Like, we all talk about this openly. I None of this is a secret. My, the yeah. book that I wrote, I turned my camera off to keep it from moving to, to so you wouldn't get dizzy. But even the book, my book was a very honest expression of my truth. And But my wife and I, we bonded on a very solid truth. Part of the reason was, one, I never thought I was moving to Minnesota. And we started off as friends. But we always had that dialogue that when I was struggling or I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I feel like I'm denying a part of myself that like, it's like denying I have a left arm. And it just, that's what it felt like for me. So yeah, we've been very open and honest. And honestly, if it wasn't for her, I don't think that I would be as comfortable as I am talking about it. But exercising this truth has taken the power it had over me. And now for the first time, I'm 43 years old. But for the first time in my life, I'm comfortable just being. I don't need to go hunting on apps. I don't need to go feel like I need to do anything to go exercise this freedom. I just get to be and just let things happen. That's an amazing place to be for someone that needed to create all the scenarios and set the stage. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my girlfriend drunk tonight. And then I'm going to talk about let's do some cocaine and then hopefully we'll do some cocaine and then she'll get horny and then she's going to be open to the idea of bringing other men in the bedroom i don't have to do any of that like now i can just be and i know that's a weird example but i know some guys out there do the shit all the time come on it's but this is where you can be it doesn't have to have a power over you anymore yeah the truth shall set you free was not said for no reason Nope. it was not said for no reason 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me on this show. I appreciate your own journey with truth. It's there's so much to be said. We really are a culture of hiding for them in so many ways. And I really honor you for the journey that you've been on and the book that you wrote and your continued curiosity around what it means to set yourself free, set your viewers free, set your listeners free. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you for that. Isabel, I thank you for all that you do. I would like to give you the opportunity to please plug all of your businesses, your course, book. The floor is yours. Do you have any last words that you want to say? It's all you. Thank you so much. I actually do have something very special coming up in March that I would love to invite any of your listeners or viewers to, which is a free seven-day challenge around radical self-expression and unapologetic truth-telling. It's called the Truth Be Told, Truth Be Bold Challenge. And I do the challenge every year and it's amazing. And we go to some really deep places over the course of seven days. And I would love to invite anyone who wants to come on and explore what it means to be in deeper levels of your own truth, your own self-expression in the world to it, whether it's related to your purpose and your power or to your relationships or to your family, we go in all the directions. So you can find out more about that at isabellabraveheart.com. I'm sure you'll send them all the things, but uh, that's March 6th through 12th. And I would love to have anyone who'd like to join. Yeah, absolutely. In the show notes, it'll have all of the links to where people can follow you. And but do you have any other last words that you want to share? Last message? Just deep appreciation for you and for those that are on the journey of self-evolution and the evolution of consciousness. It is not for the faint of heart. This is a crazy and wild ride with we have no idea what direction it's going to go in. So many variables, so many unknowns and uncertainties. We are all pioneers in this thing. We're all paving the way. So major kudos and shout outs to all of you that are on this journey. And for those of you that aren't yet, welcome and come join us. There's plenty <laughs> of space on the boat. Thank you, Isabella. I really am grateful for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. me.